You're listening to The Thrive Podcast, the podcast for all things faith, growth, and personal development. I'm your host, Bianca Bishop, and it's time to thrive. Everybody, welcome back to The Thrive Podcast. I'm your host, Bianca Bishop, and today I have a very special guest with you guys. Y'all know how I love my guest um, sessions. I think they're always pretty amazing, and today, like none other, I have a very amazing guest. Her name is Deja McKinney, and we actually met last year or last September um, for Lacey's um, conference with making her deposits. And we yeah. talked about like collaboration and you were one of the keynote speakers and you did a really good job, by the way. Like, I wish that we had the recordings um, for it, but it's okay. Cause next time we are gonna make sure we get all the recordings, but <laughs> you did a phenomenal job. Like, and I follow you on social media and girl, number one, you always traveling. Okay. So we got to get the tea on that. Cause I'm like, I'm trying to be like her, like, why are you always on the road? And I'm always at home. Like, <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on. Um, I'm so happy to have you here and, you know, please share like just with everyone a little bit about who you are, all the many things that you do and, you know, just everything. Yeah. Well, I truly appreciate your kind words first and foremost. And, um, I definitely enjoyed being in that space, learning from each and every one of you guys. And honestly, just to give you some feedback, like I've done speaking engagements before, but on that platform, being surrounded around so many powerful women, you know, it was just so much to look up to and admire. Mm -hmm. Um, But to answer your first question, (laughs) so I, I definitely travel is one thing that will always be within my budget because that is. It's a, it's a, a part of self-care. Um, and to be honest with you, a lot of the travel I do is business. You know, when you are surrounded around need-based businesses and like digital entrepreneurship, you're in a position to be able to touch so many different audiences. And a lot of the times when I'm in different states, um, recently countries, I've been able to, you know, break bread and build relationships um, just to expand my business. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. See, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna, we're gonna have another conversation because I'm trying <laughs> to make, I'm trying to make traveling a part of my self-care. Okay. okay. Like I have not been out of the country yet and I want to. So yeah, we, we got some things to discuss because I'm trying to make it happen. <laughs> so what, um, so what is your, like, or what is the actual role most people know you through? Like, what is it that you actually do? Cause I know you do a lot. Yeah. So I have three, really about two or three primary focuses. Um, and uh, realistically, I'm known for real estate. Um, I've been in the real estate market since really 2014. Uh, but in 2017, around 18, um, I started doing uh, more so of a realtor role. So I was a, I got my license as a realtor in Michigan. Um, and just over the last, I guess, five years at this point, um, I've been able to assist buyers with, you know, homes within the metropolitan, you know, area, Metro Detroit area, primarily. Um, and then now I'm kind of servicing the Southfield and Oak Park area. Um, I think the biggest thing people know me for is really the investment game, just simply yeah. because I have helped a lot of local entrepreneurs and a lot of my clientele right now are people that are out of state too. Um, I have a couple clients from Hawaii, uh, Miami, and then a lot of um, foreign investors that really want to put money into the market. 
um, here in Detroit, which is a good thing. I mean, yeah. a lot of people look at it as a hit or miss. But for me, I think it's a good thing if someone's trying to invest in a property and they're actually doing it the right way. Um, so I like to work specifically with investors that really want to do business on a large scale. Um, so real estate is my focus. But over the last few years, I've been able to kind of expand my income um, around mentorship and also direct sales. So right now, uh, me and a business partner, we have um, almost over 100 agents. Um, we are servicing about eight different states where we assist people with uh, government assistance to be able to get telecommunication devices. And so luckily for me, I've been able to employ uh, directly myself about 50 agents over the last 90 days, uh, state to state to be able to create income in a, I guess, independent business owner type of uh, method. Yeah, that's awesome. So, okay, with real estate, right? Getting into that, like you said that you originally started 2014, was that? Um, yeah, started in mortgages. Um, I actually worked for a very big mortgage company. A lot of people know them. <laughs> we won't do any name drops. Okay. I used to work with that company. Um, and I started uh, pretty much learning about the mortgage game, uh, working with loan officers, working with, you know, servicing advocates, origi originating home mortgages. And so it allowed me to learn the business from the inside out. And I found my way to go into the realtor role in 2017 because I really wanted to work with the people versus yeah. just the at the time. Wow, that's awesome. So for that process, right? Because like I know people that want to get into real estate and I know it maybe varies a little bit just state to state, different like state laws and things like that. But what I guess would be somebody like some advice that you would give to someone who wants to get into real estate, like a, a good first step? Yeah. So I'm really big on mindset. Um, I, since 2017, I've been on like a personal development journey. And I tell people, anytime you get into a commission-based role, you have to have the healthiest mindset because every day is not going to be a good day. Yeah. <laughs> every season is not going to be a good season. And any business you go in that is 1099-based, you got to know how that business fluctuates so that you can um, internalize uh, what to expect. So um, just straight to the point in Michigan specifically, in most states as well, um, you have to get a pre-licensing um, in school education. This pre-licensing education can range anywhere from 40 to 180 hours usually. Um, real, real estate companies like Real Estate One, Michigan Institute, uh, these locations in Michigan will allow you to get your pre-licensing um, with with Michigan specifically, they do have online options and in person. After you pass that 40 hour course in Michigan, um, you then have to register with your particular state to take a state exam. After you take the state exam, um, typically you have to score like a 73 to a 75%. They change it all the time. But after you take that state exam, you then have to uh, find a brokerage. And so after you find a brokerage, I think they give you six months after you pass it to find one. Most, uh, I would say, prepared agents, they have already found one before they take the test. Yeah. <laughs> and so as a realtor, you get to interview these brokers to see what they provide. And when you see the support system and the education, you just make that decision. And then after that is really in your hands because everything you learn in that exam It'll be nothing that you need in the field. 
Facts, yeah. And I love what you said, right? Just about like that mindset shift um, because mindset is everything, right? Like mind, it starts on the inside of us, like our thoughts and that's how we're like basically our action, how we're going to take action and go after the things that it is that we want. And I know you mentioned that you've been on your personal development, like really you said 2019. What, like how has like just your personal development, your mindset shifts, like how do you feel that they've helped you or that they help you on your day to day with all the things and the roles that you like that you act in? Yeah. So I've been on my personal development journey since 2017. I actually um, left a six figure career and went into entrepreneurship and I did it uh, just because I wasn't happy with the way that I was being treated at that time. And I did not do it with preparation. <laughs> so luckily, financially, I was in a position where I had had that emergency fund, a six to eight month emergency fund um, or also uh, retirement access when it comes to income to be able to sit back and really think and process. And some people can't think properly because they have children, other responsibilities, excuses, legitimate excuses. Right. Yeah. But. Um, for me, um, I really, I never have been alone. And I feel like me not working allowed me to sit in solitary for myself. Um, and it allowed me to really identify positive things about myself, but also really have a serious conversation about the thing, my habits, my mindset, my pattern, things like that. So since then, um, I actually invested in a lot of things. Like I invested in mentorship virtual coaches i've done conferences conferences um with other network marketing organizations um, i've also um, invested financially uh uh time in therapy things like that okay. just so that because nothing has to be wrong for you to seek improvement like Absolutely. a lot of a lot of people feel like they have to go through something or or feel some type of way or hit rock bottom to then seek help. But the, the the thing that I've identified is if you prepare for these things prior to they happen, you know how to navigate and kind of build through that. And so for me, um, it's been great. I've been able to build positive relationships because I'm approachable. I've yeah. been able to uh, really control, control my emotional intelligence so that if I do encounter things, I'm able to figure out an actual plan. <laughs> I'm not letting the feeling impact the fact that I can't plan. Um, I've been able to really have standards and identify that I had some very bad financial management, you know, and it allowed me to be selective with what I spend my time with, the people I spend my energy with. And realistically, it allowed me to stay disciplined in one or two um, avenues of income versus me just getting that impulsive money like yeah. I did for almost the first 10 years of my life <laughs> as an adult. <laughs> Man, that's real. Okay, so I love what you just said, right? So especially when you said like just kind of focusing in on like what things you want to focus on, like, you know, what are your two main streams of revenue? And I guess like what I'm really asking is like, okay, how did you get to that point? Like, what was your mental process, right? Like, because a lot of people, it's just like, okay, you hearing it, right? And it's just like, okay, yeah, yeah. But it's like, how do you actually do that? How do you actually start to shift your focus and your mindset? Bianca, if the minute you realize that everything in life is a choice and you just choose to do it, you're going to do it. 
People allow things, people, and feelings to impact their ability to do right the first time. And so for me, I started reading. Like I stated, I invested in people that intentionally talked about the way that the mind works, talked about the way the emotions are gathered, talked about, you know, past traumas and how to release and let go. Um, I think for me, I've been through a lot. You know, I was raised by my grandmother. My mother was in and out of my life when I was growing up. My father's always been out of state. Um, you know, I encountered abuse, you know, growing up as a teen, regardless if it was emotional, mental, physical, or sexual, like we've all been through these things. Like it, honestly, about 90% of the people I've encountered, regardless if they talk about it or not, um, they've been through these things. And so when you realize that your story is, is relatable <laughs> and the things that you've been through, it has not, you're not the first one to experience it. Um, you seek to be a student. And you want to learn and you want to be hungry to just be the best version of yourself. And when you make that choice, those decisions will follow. Now, don't get me wrong. There are several times where I have to remind myself, like, okay, you're doing too much. Okay, don't go that route. Relax, be patient. Um, and it's an everyday thing. If you understand personal development is every day, even when you start knocking down those accomplishments, it's literally just a decision. It's a decision. That's it. That's the one. And like, so like, just like you said, right, personal development is an everyday thing. Like this podcast is a personal development podcast, right? And the reason why I love like interviewing like women who are in like entrepreneurship and in business, because like for the majority, we've already like grasped and like shifted, you know, to that mindset to where we like, we know that these are the things that we have to do in our personal lives on a day-to-day to have the successful business, a successful marriage, this is like whatever it is, you know? And like you said, knowing that it is a choice and that it's going to take work, you know? Like, and it's as simple as that. Like, we definitely overthink it. Like, I know me, at least speaking for myself, like, I overthink about a hundred <laughs> times a day on one <laughs> scenario, you know? Like, and it's yeah. just like, like you said, like, okay, hold on. Yeah. Go back. Okay. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Um, yeah. So you mentioned that you read, like, you know, books. I love books. These ain't even a dent in, you know, the books that I have. Um, but what yeah. were some books that specifically helped you during this time? Yeah. So you'll encounter people that are in our industry or just do successful or whatever. Everybody kind of results to books. But for me, I'm a big audible person. Like I have physical books that I read, like Atomic Habits, um, you know, other inspirational books with black, Afri you know, um, uh, women in mm -hmm. power. Um, you know, you got your uh you know, I, I've been so I, when I was in network marketing, I got introduced to a lot of people, you know, like your Eric Thomas's, your Jim Rowe, your, you know, David and Metier. Like there's so many inspirational people. I have that, his books. I have a few yeah. of his. Yeah. So I used to be mentored by David and Metier, and it was also um, a, a, a mesh of other uh, mentors like Bob Proctor, things like that. And so they automatically kind of give you feedback through their own words, but you learn to see who they study, right? So what I learned is that majority of these books have audios and I'm able to listen to the audibles <laughs> a little bit more easily and retain it versus me sitting there with the book. So what I tell people is, you know, figure out 
figure out what is your biggest ticker. Okay. Like for me, it was time management. So my first thing was as an entrepreneur, where do I get started? I'm not in this nine to five role anymore. Nobody's telling me what to do. How do I create time management for myself organization and really figure out how can I organize the 10 things that I need to get accomplished one by one? Hey guys, Bianca here. I just wanted to interrupt really quickly this episode and tell you guys about my Facebook community. Um, We have a Facebook community, guys, the Thrive Tribe. And this is specifically for all you women out here who really, really want to connect with like-minded women. You know, we are a growing community and we just really go in deep there and we really communicate with one another and just talk about all things life, all things that we're dealing with um, and gain, you know, a deeper perspective and a deeper clarity. And I really want you all to be a part of it. The link is in this show description, Um, so go ahead and click on it and become really, really, and truly a part of the Thrive community, y'all. All right, back to the episode. What I tell people is when you're looking to grow, start where you feel like you have the biggest room to grow. Um, Me personally was time management. Being an entrepreneur, it was extremely difficult for me to figure out how to create a schedule. Um, I am as organized as they come. And I can see you are too in your background. But being an entrepreneur is really difficult to be like, okay, I'm going to wake up at six o'clock. All right, I'm going to get started work for for at nine o'clock. What I found myself doing was working 24-7. And it's like when you quit a nine to five for time, then you go to be an entrepreneur, you're working 24-7. I didn't want that. And so what I realized is that I was not comfortable with the work that I was doing. I did not feel that it was enough. And so I um, started uh, going to YouTube and just listening to like motivational, um, you know, podcasts and things like this. And a lot of them would refer books. And so I would just go to those books, figure out within whatever platform I found the book, what other genre of books and other ideas. And then that's how I was able to start just constantly finding more and more and more information, you know, to learn and different routines to try. Um, but one that I really loved was, um, it's this, I can't think of the name right now, but I think it's called uh, One Thing. And it basically educates you on being comfortable with doing one thing at a time. Yeah. Um, and and not being so impulsive, not negative uh, down talk. Don't do self-negative uh, down talk to yourself. Um, and it talked about being comfortable with four-hour call blocks. And so what I found out as an entrepreneur for me was being able to set three to four hours a day to focus wholeheartedly on whatever that task is. And when I'm done with it, be comfortable with coming back the next day. Yeah. (laughs) So books have helped me to create routines. And, you know, you just have to find a, a book that relates to you and that you're comfortable with, you know, identifying its truth. Yeah, for sure. And I love what you said, right? Like, so something that like I've noticed, especially like with women and like, I feel like with black women, we feel like we have to, like you said, like just overwork, 
and just do everything, right? Like, we just feel like I'm not doing enough. Like, there's more that I could be doing. There's more that I could be doing. And, like, right now, I feel like it's, well, actually, I feel like it's starting to shift. But a few years ago, it was just like hustle. We got to grind it out, grind it out, grind it out, hustle, hustle, hustle. And now people are starting to realize, like, it's okay to take rest. It's okay to take some breaks. And just like you said, like, just doing those time blocks. Like, okay, Bianca, today is Wednesday. I know that I have this interview with you. I know that I got to get my 500 word count for my book. I know that I got to finish this certification for, you know, this. So it's mm -hmm. like, okay, how many hours am I dedicating to this? Boom, do this at this time. Boom, do this at this time. And then be okay with being like, yeah, I'm about to go sit in the living room for an hour or two and watch a couple episodes of Hawaii Five O because that's my show right now. You know, it's just like being okay and not and being, being okay like, with enjoying that. Exactly. Like that everything does not have to be work, right? Yeah. For me, it's been very recently where I've been comfortable to do these things and like not work a full 24 hour day, like legit, barely eating probably not eating at all, drinking some coffee and no water, okay? Struggling. Where, like, what, like, when do you feel that you got to that point where you were just like, I got to balance this out. I'm running three businesses right now. Yeah. I think for me, probably about three years ago, um, I was a part of the Forex wave. <laughs> me too. And, that's how I met Lacey. <laughs> okay, good. And see, that's how I met Gabby. And so... Okay. Um, with, with Forex, uh, when you are really knee deep in building, um, it was 24 seven, like you literally ate, slept, you know, thought about building a business and I ran myself ragged, to be honest. Um, and at that point I had made a decision to hundred percent focus on that and not necessarily real estate as much because I had a lot of automation with real estate where I was making money anyway. Mm -hmm. And so when I made that decision after everything kind of slowed up and the market changed and the stock market changed and people were not too interested that much in investing when it came to the education, um, I said, so you put your all into this business for the last two years and you made a choice not to sell real estate so that means anything else that you do, Deja, you can make a choice in. So for me, what I said was, okay, I'm going to choose to have a work-life balance, to actually enjoy a trip without having to work, um, actually only work, you know, 40, 45 hours a week, but still be effective, you know, because a lot of people do busy work when they're entrepreneurs. See, one thing I did learn from... Um, Robert Kiyosaki is the four different um, ways of making money, the four quadrants, right? He talks about being an employee, which we all were born to do. Yeah. <laughs> he then talks about being self-employed and then says the third quadrant is business owner, being a business owner. And the fourth one is actually being an investor, right? My goal has always been an investor. I want to do what I want. I just want to invest in business and make residual income, passive income, and go about my day uh, and go, go do yoga on the beach. Like, that is yeah. my goal. But what a lot of people fail to realize, especially in Detroit, is that you are not a business owner. You are self-employed because anytime you work in your business, you are considered self-employed. But when you've actually hired people to run your business and run your system, you're a business owner. So I said, okay, you're chasing the money and you're just going all over the place to try to get it. 
you're not actually creating a foundation to become a business owner. I will say one out of maybe five businesses that I've started in the last 10 years is completely automated. I don't touch it. I don't do nothing. I just get my dividend check, call it a day. But the other ones were more so I had to be involved, right? And so I slowed up and I said, which of these businesses are need-based businesses? Businesses where people don't even have to think about needing it. They just need it. So they're going to come to you. And so I was able to lower the five um, businesses to just two. And I realized that if you focus two, three years on just this and you create a schedule of three to four hour time blocks, even if you do two of those a day, you can work more efficient. And if you work more efficient, you'll get faster results. And with those faster results, you'll then actually be able to live a life. You know, I don't have any children yet. You know, I'm not necessarily uh, uh, married. I am, I am definitely in a serious relationship. Um, But I want to be able to enjoy that. I want to get pregnant and be like, okay, I don't have to work for six months, right? I can just be enjoy being pregnant and enjoy the first few years of my, my, my child, you know? So that's just what I made that decision after I hit 30. I'm like, hey, you're not where you wanted to be, but the next 10 years, you'll be further than you thought you would be, you know, if you work efficiently. Being efficient, creating those systems. So what are like, what are some of your tips and your tricks? Or do you have like certain systems that you like that you use that you built? Like, you know, we would like, I would love to know more about that. Um, for me, uh, systems is my niche. That's what I do. Like a lot of my entrepreneur friends or business partners, they always come to me to find a system. You know, I I have a mindset that when I see a business and I understand the whole chain of command, it really allows me to observe piece by piece. And I think that's why I've done so well in a nine to five, because I've been that student that's always willing to start from the bottom and really make my way up and say, okay, this is what they do in this, in this division. This is what they do in this department. This is what this part of the business requires. And then you figure out how to automate all of the busy work. It's just that simple. Um, And I know I've used that term several times, but like, for example, a realtor, every time we meet a buyer, we have to have a buyer consultation. That buyer consultation includes paperwork so that you can create that commitment between you and that buyer. And then after that, you identify what they're looking for in a house and then you create a search so they can find houses electronically and then you set up showings. When you set up showings, you then have to educate them and pretty much suggest to offer, you know, a price point for that sale of the home. So that system itself can take roughly realistically 30 minutes but if you don't have preparation or systems in place to ensure that you have access to the proper documents you're sending things electronically that could be a three-day process so for me in any system you always want to figure out what is the actual responsibility what is the a to z step-by-step to get that done and then out of those pieces how could i automate this and lower the amount of time i have to spend on it and so for me you could find systems and tools that are already created to help, you know, like even with social media content creation, um, there are a lot of tools like uh, Metricool, um, you have, you know, all of these schedule systems that can drop, you know, content and stuff like that for you. But you just have to leverage tools. Like a lot of entrepreneurs want to be the one to do it all. 
But the fact is, is the most successful business business owners, they don't do a lot. <laughs> they are delegating and they're creating systems to allow other people to duplicate their ability, if that makes sense. That makes sense. But okay. And I'm speaking for myself again. Hopefully somebody out there resonates <laughs> with me. Because when you said just like, you know, we we got to do it all and stuff like that, I'm suffering from that, like where I feel like I have to do it all. And I know it's because like, you know how like us as women, like, but this business is my baby. I'm yeah. struggling. I'm struggling with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do I make that change? I mean, you know, a lot of things that we, so first and foremost, when you are, it doesn't matter what year you're in in entrepreneurship. Um, but for me, like I've been doing entrepreneurship since what, 2016, 17. And, you know, I tried that before. Like I, I wanted to run everything. I wanted every decision to come by me. I wanted to know everything. I, no. And, and now um, when you talk about being burnt out, talk about being less interested, talking about starting things and not finishing them, yeah. you're going to realize that's because you want to have control over everything. So when you make a decision, do I want my baby to be successful or do I want to be the only reason my baby is successful? Like you kind of got to sit back and think about that, right? Yeah. And a lot of reason why people feel that way, and you might too, feel that way is because you're very passionate about it. Whatever thing that you have selected to do, you may have a passion for or an interest or a, you know, impact towards it. Right. And that's great, but you got to allow that passion to be way more powerful than the control. And I think realistically, when you identify how to train people properly, then you're going to feel confident that that person can handle it. Yeah. That's yeah. good. And then as far as income, because I know most entrepreneurs are like, how can I charge some, you know, pay somebody to help me? Because I don't got my money. next question, literally. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, a lot of my hustles were so that I could build money to put in a hustle. Like I told you, and I'll be very transparent. You know, today is my last day of my nine to five. OK, <laughs> what I realized in real estate in Michigan, you can make a lot of money between the months of usually March and October. So between the months of November, December, January, February, I'm focused on my marketing. I'm focused on building relationships, doing collaborations, educating people. I'm focused on, you know, social media. But sometimes I pick up a nine to five so that I can have that guaranteed money to be able to invest back in my business. So working 24 seven on your on your business, but only making maybe 30 percent of what you could be making if you automated your business. Uh, you got to rethink some things, right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, maybe pick up a secondary job or figure out how you can uh, maximize the industry that you're working in with subscription base or product base. Um, those are the ways that you can make capital so that you can really complete the mission, if that makes sense. That makes sense. All right. You look, you're giving me a lot to think about. I'm just like, dang, like, all right. She literally hitting everything on the head. Okay. I, I've been through it. I've been through it. I cannot lie. I wanted to quit. I want, and, and the biggest thing I can tell entrepreneurs, if you're listening, do not quit because it's the people that quit that don't really get to see the true beauty of entrepreneurship. Most of the people that are hitting six figures every quarter, every month, every day, depending on what your business looks like, 
those are the ones that I've heard no a million times. Those are the ones that have been let down a million times. Those are the ones that just never give up, you know, and you can have a good year that can really change the next 10. You know, you can have a good day or a good relationship or partnership that can change the rest of your life. So if you believe in it and you feel like it is something that's making an impact, keep doing it. Just figure out how you can, you know, fund your passion, if that makes sense. That makes 100% sense. Like, yeah, I love that so much. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just like, dang, like, I just have so much to think about. I'm just rethinking things right now. <laughs> um, so you've given just like a lot of advice, um, a lot of good like nuggets. Um, and I'm like, I'm up here. I'm, I know I'm up here like thinking hard when people listen to the episode, they're going to be like, that's <laughs> like, you know, um, yeah. but what, what is like, I guess like your one go-to like advice for anyone who is like an entrepreneur, maybe like that intermediate level, right? They've been kind of doing it for like a few years and they want to scale and get to that next level. I think the biggest thing is identifying what that looks like for you because scaling can be one thing to me and scaling could be another to you, Bianca. So entrepreneurs that are in the business and they have gotten the flow, they've created that system, you know, they've even started delegating things to make things automated. You know, maybe they're not working in the business so much, but now they're working on it. Build partnerships, create collaborations, because that's what really changes the world. Um, really focus on the part of your business that really might need the most work. Like, for example, I have a young lady that um, just created a tax business and she has everything down packed from tax preparers to brick and mortar locations to software systems, but her intake process is not the best, right? So now that she has all these other systems in place, now she's focusing on the intake because scaling just means more clientele, more locations, more income. So scaling means you need to identify what is that maybe one or two things in your business that will really help you take off and just focus on that system, focus on that system and continue to do it over at least a year or two and just duplicate whatever you've been doing, duplicate it and really hone in on that one or two areas. Cause most businesses, they only scale if you have more clientele. So find more, uh, you know, creative marketing styles, maybe even hire on somebody that has an expertise that you don't and be a student for once and then try things out, get the data, see if it works. And if it does keep doing it over and over and over and over again, and so you don't even have to step foot in that building for your business to run. I love that. That's good. That's really good. Thank you so much. Like, and I'm just like, I feel like there needs to be a part two because you clearly, you got so much to say. And I'm just like, dang, we said like, all right, I'm trying to keep this within that 45 to an hour time frame because yeah. I can easily, easily just like pick your brain right now about like everything. And this yeah. is not turning into like a consultation. I'm like, this is an invoice. I feel like, stop it. All right, Bianca, I'm going to have to send you an invoice. Like, no. Period. Look, send the invoice. Because at this point, 
we can definitely do a part two and you know like i told you uh when i actually asked to be on your podcast you know um i love things like this because this is a great platform for people to be their self um really to inform other people that you're not the only one thinking like this you know and hopefully at least one thing that i said today really kind of made an entrepreneur that wanted to quit turn back around and get to it you know so yeah. i'm definitely down to do that and i appreciate you for having me thank you so much like this has been so helpful at least for me like i'm like nobody else get nothing from this i got a lot and i'm like i'm beat to replay this episode like even as i'm editing so i can just be like taking all the notes oh actually all right i'm about to hit you for one last question right okay well maybe two okay okay <laughs> so um do you have like particular like tools like that like you mentioned tools um like different softwares or companies that you work with that help you stay organized that help you you know stay streamlined in your systems yeah so um i think it well me personally the type of business that i do um the only tools that i use is something called monday which is kind of like a team task organizer yeah. Um, I use that just simply because a lot of my leaders are on the West Coast. And then I have other people in um, different time zones. So I use that so that it's a lot of less micromanaging when, you're, when I'm because I'm in a delegation field right now with my business. <laughs> like, so it's a lot less micromanaging. Um, but to be honest with you, a lot of entrepreneurs feel like they need some super fancy tool. But if you take it back to old school and get into your Google, you will realize that you have Google Excel, Google Drive, um, you have Google Forms that automatically duplicate two Excels, um, which really can create a system that is seamless and less and not, I mean, it, and is cost effective. Um, I would say start there for new entrepreneurs, get into your Google and really use those platforms. But I look for the biggest thing for me right now when it comes to systems, I've already created through using that system. So the only thing I use outside of Google is um, like task organizers. Um, I also use marketing organizers. Um, Metrocool is a great platform because it is um, connected to almost all platforms. It's also uh, free. Um, and I also use this new uh, system called Cap Guru. It's like an AI system that helps me with like captions and um, really just trying to create um, a, uh, what is it called, attention grabbers when it comes to doing social media. But I'm like a robot. I literally don't need a lot of those things for me to be able to be consistent. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I'm like this. Um, it's but a I, gift. I've just, <laughs> just been conditioned to kind of be able, like, I, 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 I will talk offline, but I, I just literally conditioned to just be able to do a lot of busy work or like multiple tasks at once. Mm -hmm. um, but I will start there um, and then start asking the people that you're inspired by. People that you love to see their presence, you seem like they're super intelligent, you know, intelligent about a topic compared to you, or maybe they do something very well that you may want more improvement on. Ask them, 
you know, and say, hey, what are you using nowadays? And you will be surprised. But a lot of the systems I use are free. <laughs> Look, amen to that. I'm with you with that. Google, listen, yes. <laughs> you on Google right now, just, you know, recording this. Google is amazing. Like <laughs> I'm old school. Google yeah. and a whiteboard. Google and a whiteboard. And I like things. Sorry, that's one of my clients. Um, mm -hmm. I like Google and a, and a whiteboard. I like things to be super simple. Yeah. And then last question would be like, just what's next for you, right? What are like the next things that you're working on to improve and just like your business and all those things? So my focus right now, uh, as far as my entrepreneur business, um, are two things. The, the one thing is that I currently um, am working with a brokerage that allows me to mentor agents without necessarily having to be a broker. Everybody knows about them. But what I've been focused on is building relationships with realtors that are either new right off the block um, and they're they're ready to be coached. They're ready to get that you know system in place to get that success quickly versus having to wait six months to a year to actually get the job done yeah. and see a check. Because um, that is a true story with some agents. Um, so I'm looking to build relationships with new agents and also um, veteran agents that may not be, you know, 100 percent satisfied with the support that they're getting or they're looking to scale their business or looking to build residual income or start investing more in stock as a realtor. Um, I'm looking to build more relationships with those type of agents um, so that we can build a team here in the metro Detroit area. I currently have eight uh black african-american realtors yeah. which is a beautiful thing that uh, we work as a collaborative team uh, we create you know a lot of creative marketing styles to be able to to get out here in the cities of our our preference um so i'm really my head is high with that sherry swift she is a forbes coach um on the coaching council she's also a, a real estate guru been in the game for 30 years and i've been so blessed to have her as a one-on-one -on -one coach and that is who I'm, I'm I'm really working with over the next two years to be able to build my real estate portfolio outside of, uh, you know, doing personal investments. Um, and then my, my second thing that really is my like everyday responsibility right now um, is my phone company. Um, we have a platform that allows agents to be able to work um work a, a full-time position but getting paid based off of your efforts and we also have hourly positions um, that are paying people state to state anywhere from 15 to 20 dollars an hour to be able to really help the community um, a lot of people look at agents that work in direct sales especially in te telecommunications as kind of like a, a low type of job but we're really impacting the community Telecommunication, like a phone and a tablet, is very difficult for people to afford. Yeah. And we're able to position ourselves to have access to this resource. And we provide phones and tablets to everybody that has government assistance that is eligible through Lifeline and the ACP program. So my mission over the next year is to really start building partnerships with people that are already doing community work, nonprofits, homeless shelters, domestic violence centers, food banks diaper banks, you know, people that um, not necessarily uh, 
it's a difference if you need it. No, it's a difference if you want it, but the people that really need it, those are the people that I'm trying to go converse with. And so I am looking to partner with uh, businesses that will use myself or, you know, one of our, you know, over 50 agents right now in like the Michigan, Arizona, California, Georgia, uh, Texas area um, that are looking to partner with us. So that is my mission and my focus. I want to have over 100 actively selling agents within the ni next 90 days. And I want to be partnered with at least 20 uh, companies. That's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a great thing. Yeah, I'm excited for you. That's dope. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on and, you know, taking our time to be on this podcast. I know that it's going to help a lot of people. Like I said earlier, you've given so much great information, so many gems. A lot of it is I'm already like the my wheels is turning, you know. <laughs> um, so I know that there are going to be so many others that listen to it um, that are just going to be you know, inspired and empowered and just like getting that, you know, informative, you know, things to help them grow and scale um, and just stop overthinking, honestly, because that's my problem. I overthink. So, we yeah, <laughs> we all do. We just got to find tools to get us out of that. Yeah, that's the one. Thank you so much. And you are then, so welcome. It was a pleasure.